Hi, it's Sean from Missouri. I don't know who this clown Sean from Kansas is, but I can assure you, both of us never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Everybody, thank you for joining us and welcome to the big show, episode 485 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I am joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Elizabeth Page. So, I know that you um, just called me scholarly, but um, when you... When you right. when you talked about the big show, I always wonder where it's going to go when we start like this. But go ahead. When you talked about the big show, it reminded me of that was I think my brother's favorite wrestler in the WWF. The the, the big show. There was a man named the Big Show. I'm pretty sure. Huh. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I thought of that. So uh, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but in addition to that, we've been having some, um, interesting fact check experiences. Uh, fact check. It's always interesting. Some days I wake up like on Twitter and I got a lot of notifications. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably the same for you. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's trolls with me, but recently it's been people like fact checking you Mm -hmm. because you posted about, um, the cold weather in Chicago and this lady who probably should be taking care of his today, but won't. Um, she paid for a bunch of hotel rooms for homeless people. Mm-hmm. And you read an article. Mm-hmm. Am I stepping on your dick by telling the story? No, I was just trying to figure out what you were talking about. But oh. I think I'm tracking with you now. Yeah. And you you, you, you posted an article about a, the, the lady who paid for all these rooms. Candace Payne. Yeah, Candace Payne on her Amex. Yeah, she was just a, a regular person. Like, the first of all, this story came out and all of the... We talked about it a couple episodes back with the polar vortex is that what it's called yeah that's right um and the freezing cold temperatures in the midwest and we talked about chicago specifically because in the chicago area there are roughly eighty thousand homeless people yeah that was the stat that you read from the piece right and we hadn't talked about it at the time but someone actually said oh um hey Brittany, I know you were in your anger sweat, and here's an article that might make you feel better. Yeah. This anonymous person paid for a bunch of rooms for homeless people so that they didn't have to be in the cold. And a lot of people thought, oh, some rich person donated money to help homeless people be in in these rooms. But no, it was this woman, uh, Candace Payne. She's like 33. She's a real estate broker. And she said, I'm just a regular person. Everyone thought this was a rich girl that did this, but I'm just a regular person. From the South Side of Chicago. Right. Who decided to just charge this on my credit card. And I reached out to people to 
facilitate transporting people to the hotel. Didn't she say the exact opposite? We'll get to the fact check thing in a second. But uh, didn't she say the exact opposite? That she didn't want to remain anonymous because she wanted to get other people involved in this thing. Yes. And it's kind of hard as an anonymous person to... To put out a call for mm-hmm. help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Candace Payne is for sure taking care of biz. And um, we'll get to the fact check now, even though I feel like I could talk about this a lot more because there's a lot that goes into this. It made you emotional. Yeah, it, it makes me very emotional. But when when my friend sent me the link initially, um, I had several people sending me the link because they know I've been all angry about this. Um, but when someone sent me the link and it was just the anonymous person, my first reaction to it was, I kind of get irritated by all of these quote unquote feel good stories where like, you know, the person walks six hours to their job at McDonald's and then a rich customer decides to give them a car because they're walking six hours. Or um, someone can't pay, some teacher can't pay for their cancer treatment. And so like teachers pool their money together to pay to save the teacher's life so they don't die of cancer. And they they aggravate you for why? Well, I just feel like it kind of desensitizes people or or makes people think like yeah this is normal that oh, I see. That, that a teacher can't pay for their cancer treatment and it's fine that like they start a GoFundMe to stay alive that the 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 correction the action to help out shouldn't even be necessary at all yeah and while it is good I, and I'm sure you agree to celebrate no, for sure. People's charity and their kindness and their goodness. Yes. It's, yeah, we we shouldn't be in a situation where teachers have to have people pool money to pay for their medical bills anyway. Yeah. yeah. And with like this homeless situation, like we need a sustainable change. We need a sustainable government yeah. change. We need someone who is in charge who can start taxing wealthy people, making them pay their fair share. Um, and like that's that's the sustainable well, change that we need. All we have to do for that, Brittany, I have a solution here. Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just go to all of those conservatives who've been complaining and whining about the wall mm-hmm. who say, what about all the homeless Americans? We got to take care of ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Just go to them. I'm sure they have a proposal under their belt. Yeah. Yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they do. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of being like a naysayer, pessimist dick. And I, I don't want to be like a that. A naysayer, pessimist dick. But, and Candace Payne, actually, when she came forward and said, I'm the one that did it, she actually raised like $10,000 and was able to um, have pay for the rooms for several days and feed everybody. She created gift packages with vitamins and she met like a family of five that was homeless and two pregnant women. And she got them prenatal vitamins. You know, she, she went above and beyond just this regular person. And something that she said in the New York times interview was that she wants to see a sustainable change too. Yeah. That this, that she's just one person that can do a little bit. Um, but that, there needs to be real change here um, because there's roughly 80,000 homeless people and she was able to uh, put like a hundred people into rooms. Yeah. So it's awesome, but we need more. 
Yeah, it should. I mean, we should. We and we're all complex human beings who have the ability to do two things at once and feel multiple things at once. And we should be, while grateful mm-hmm. and you know lavishing praise and and goodwill upon these people who do the right thing. We should also simultaneously be fucking outraged. Yes. And then here's where we'll get to the fact check that there's 80,000 homeless people in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. That is a broken society. Mm-hmm. And the fact check. Yes. So <laughs> I uh, posted about the 80,000 homeless humans in the Chicago area and someone fact checked me and said the homeless population in Chicago is closer to 6,000. So that would mean I'm way off. Yeah, that sounds, right? by the way, that sounds bananas <laughs> low anyway. Yeah, because there's, I think, like more than 2 million people yeah, who that, live I, in Chicago. Yeah, I was going to say like 3 million. We, we could fact check it, but. Yeah, um, but the thing that bothered me about this is there was no source attached to it. <laughs> and I see this a lot on the internet where people are trying to have intellectual discussions about politics or religion or whatever it might be. And someone just writes something. Yeah. And they like maybe they're saying something about numbers or they're giving some sort of fact in their head. It's a fact. And they believe their statements are just gold and that there's no need for verification. So reliable. They don't need to say, and this is where I know this from. Yeah, but you need to do that. And 2.7 million people in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fact check. Well, if it it was Price is Right. Per World Population Review. If it was Price is Right, you would have lost, and I would have won the <laughs> <That's> car. <right. laughs> I went over. Yeah. But the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless is actually uh, the organization that estimates that number of 80,000 yeah, yeah. people being homeless in the Chicago area. So if if it is 6,000, I would like to know where that is coming from. Right. I uh, I see this a lot on Twitter. Yeah. Especially from like the dingbats, those Krasenstein brothers, mm. they often will say, "This breaking news, everybody! Yes. This just happened!" Blah 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 in yeah. the tweet, and then there's no link. Yeah, that's problematic. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I I've muted both of those dipshits uh-huh. because of that. I mean, the main th- the main reason. Yeah, I'm not encouraging anybody else out there to do that. No, you know, you you just warm my heart if you did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's I'm, just a lot of unsubstantiated shit out there. Yeah. And look, we effort on the show. Sorry, I'm going off here. We effort on the show. Like, I'm wrong all the fucking time, I think. <laughs> it's very possible. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I get fact checked by the audience, and that's that's a good thing. Yeah. You know? Well, we talk a lot. Yeah. Well, we talk also sans notes. It's not like we're, hang on. I mean, the show would take eight hours to record if every every word that I spoke, I had to, oh, hang on, let me make sure that's, yeah, we, we rely on the audience. It's an ongoing conversation. <laughs> we're we're going to say what we're going to say, and hopefully the audience corrects us. No, I mean, obviously, we rely on facts and data and yes. research. Yes. And I have you here to really hold my feet to the fire, because I do get... Uh, a little fiery. Yeah, but I think... But so, I respect facts and data and th- the numbers. I respect it. Yeah, so I think the point is, if you are engaged in a discussion and and someone is just saying things, then you should ask them for a source on that. Yeah. And we need to make sure that we're also giving sources for things. And I think if people did that more often, there would be like less misinformation floating around. Well, now I think that it would it, also tr- it would trigger people in their minds to to 
to to volunteer it before being asked. Yeah, and that isn't to say that they can't just go get some bogus um, website. Yeah. But I actually had an experience where someone was texting me about um, an argument that they were having, and they were sending me like the links that this person was referencing, and the person they were arguing with was in support of the wall and um, believed that, you know, what Donald Trump says, that yeah. there's a lot of people coming in, it's an emergency, and they cited this source with numbers but the source didn't back up what they were saying. Right. So yeah. you, you might also run into that situation <laughs> where then you can kind of be like, wait, the source that you're linking here actually doesn't even say what you say contradicts your yeah. point. So can you point me specifically to the section that you believe backs up your point? Also, <laughs> if it's an ally, I think there's a, there's a good way, an easy way to do it, which is. Hey, do you have a link for that? Because I would love to be able to use that as a reference. Yeah. And then make them feel like they're helping you out to go provide the link. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to go, oh, well, my buddy Jerry says blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, if Jerry says it, it's got to be fucking ironclad. Yeah. And while on that note, make sure you unfollow all at Fuck Jerry accounts because they <laughs> steal content from content creators. They profit off of it and they do not give credit where credit is due and they do not share the profits from that stolen content. We talked about it last episode but it's it's just overnight it's become a movement they've lost almost a half a million um, followers i almost said subscribers on uh, instagram yeah and it's i mean it's going to be difficult because they have like 14 million followers yeah yeah so that's unfortunate but hopefully we can get enough people to care about people making money in ways that they shouldn't be by stealing from other people who are creative yeah well the the the, the higher their follower count the more money they make so if you can exactly dip into it at all yeah you really you cut into the to their revenues which is based on Stealing other people's creative content. Yes. So. Not cool. Not cool at all. You know what is cool, Brittany Page? Mm. One, good segues. Two, <laughs> listener communication. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. Uh, this is Mark from Tennessee. Just real quick, I think what a lot of our leaders, uh, Democrat, uh, governors, Congress people, uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, whatever position, Usually tend to forget that, uh, leaders lead from the front, they lead by example. And they also never ask, uh, their followers to do anything that they wouldn't do themselves. Uh, that's a core military tenet, uh, that most veterans should know and remember. And I think that, I think that's what, uh, you know, talking about the Virginia governor, uh, if he really is a true leader, then he would set the example and hold himself to the same standard that you would a Republican or an independent. And that's all I had to say. Uh, hope you don't cry tonight, Jesse, and rock for the fleet. Brittany, you're still best, and Jesse, again, you're still important. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. I love the equal representation and equal love. <laughs> That we're both being given with every call. I love equal love. It's very nice. I I think there's something to be said there. Um, I'm a firm believer in servant leadership. Because as a governor, an executive of the state or commonwealth in the the case of Virginia, um, it's not just governorship. It's um, governance. It's also leadership. It's... You're leading. You should be inspiring the people um, who are your constituents. Mm-hmm. 
And by him refusing to step down, he is not honoring his commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see any way forward, a path forward for him. I think he's going to have to be, he's going to be forced out. I don't know if he's going to be removed from office because that's a, that's a whole situation. Uh, it's a little different in the, the Virginia assembly where the president pro tem and the speaker, like they have to get together. It's, it's not, a, it's not as, um, and it's not even easy in, in the, the federal government, but it's not as seamless as it is in in the federal government. So I don't know. It may come to it if he refuses to step down that they'll do something like that. But hopefully he'll do the right thing. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if he thinks if he just kind of steps back that everything will blow over, like with the news cycle, like everyone will move on. <laughs> yeah. I, if, if, if he thinks that, he hasn't been paying attention to the last year or so. Yeah, I just don't know where he thinks this is going to go. It's not good. Yeah. Anyway, Mark, thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. I think we have an email to get to. We do. This is from Tyrone. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. I wanted to respond to Jesse's comment regarding Henry's call on the previous podcast. Jesse mentions crickets when referring to Henry only giving criticism of capitalism, but no alternatives. I would prefer social democracy, a combination of capitalism, regulated, and socialist policies. One can argue that's what we have now to a certain extent, though I believe more emphasis needs to be directed towards social programs such as Medicare for All, free or low tuition college, and paternity leave. I would like to know your guys' thoughts. There is also democratic socialism, which I'm sure many are familiar with, at least the term, thanks to Bernie and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I may be nitpicking, but what they advocate for is more in line with social democracy than democratic socialism. From my understanding, democratic socialism would consist of more socialism than capitalism. Anyway, I didn't want to make this too long, but thanks for all the content you guys produce. I love it. And thanks for the follow on Twitter some weeks back with the podcast account. That was cool. Take care. All right. Well, listen, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Why can we not be a capitalist country while also providing Medicare for all? I don't think it's a zero. It's not a a binary system. It's not one or the other. You know, if if you believe Sweden or Denmark or or Norway is not are not um, don't have capitalism, then that that's just not that's not how it works. Maybe I don't understand it. Maybe I need to pick up a book or something Mm -hmm. so maybe we need to get an actual economist on the show every time we talk about this that is my my feeling that we need someone who is an expert in this area to come on and really dive in deep yeah yeah well uh maybe the audience has a recommendation that would be great for someone who is attainable yeah (laughs) yeah isn't that funny that how that works you know what i'm talking about we just had the the eyes understanding across the table yeah well we get a lot of people making suggestions like to get like you know jennifer aniston on the show yeah, well, recently we had a guy well this happens to me all the time you know what you should do jesse yeah you should debate ben shapiro <laughs> yeah yeah you got his number let me call him right up buddy yeah it's really not how that works yeah we're not all like in the same room mm-hmm Mm-hmm. creating this content and I can just go over to his cubicle. Yeah. 
That would be nice. Well, the other day, somebody was like, hey, you guys, get Killer Mike on the show. Yeah. yeah, great. Get a hold of him. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah, that's a long shot. So if you know an economist mm-hmm. or you know of an economist, uh, whether you tweet at him or tweet at us and let us, you know, in the same thing, I would love that. I think that would be super beneficial, not just for the audience. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, being a little selfish here, yeah. you know, like a capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me too. Yeah. Well, because I, I want to understand it better. Yeah. And I also want to say on the guest thing, we've also invited people who are not big names and like, they don't even respond. So it, it really just depends. You yeah, know, yeah, there's yeah. some people who just don't care at all. We have a big guest scheduled for Tuesday. Yes. We have another great guest on Tuesday. And we're not going to say, cause some shit time shit falls through. Yes. But, uh, well, <laughs> you just teased it. You just teased it. Yeah, well, but he get, didn't give a name. Oh, okay. All right. Is that how that works? I don't know. Okay. That's how I work. We have another email. Yes. And anyway, uh, Tyrone, thanks for the email. We yes, appreciate it. Thank you, sir. This is from our Patreon supporter, it says, Daniel. Daniel. Jesse and Brittany, let me start by saying, I hope I don't ramble too much. And now, off we go. It seems that ever since the election, when GOP members and supporters seemingly overnight took up a cozy spot on the floor next to the fire in hell with Russia, that we are in for a hell of a ride trying to get our nation back on track. As a veteran, I, like Jesse, have been called stupid and such for my democratic views on what I believe our nation as a whole needs. I do pretty good about ignoring the hashtag ID10Ts. Finish the email and then I've got a funny story. Okay. I'll explain what that is. Okay. It's just hard to fathom how many low-information voters are easily conned by someone like Trump. I started out growing up in a GOP household during the Reagan years, and as a kid, I just followed that dumb shit not knowing any better. It seems like these knuckleheads today are in many ways like I was when I turned 18 and voted for Ross Perot, because I believed all that rich guy loves us and a businessman knows what the nation and me need. I was way wrong and would like to think I've grown up, albeit not until I married my second wife, which was around the time of Obama running. He was my first Dem vote. I severed my ties with the GOP after 10 years in the Navy and realizing they were just going to keep trying to send me and my shipmates to our deaths. I may not be able to forgive people for this behavior to our nation, but I would like to try. Shout out to whoever said, quote, Jesse says what I feel and Brittany says what I think. That shit was on point. I will apologize for long sentences and effed up grammar. My wife is a teacher and I'm just a foul mouth sailor that only mildly attempts at being proper. Thank you for all you do. Your Patreon supporter, Daniel. That is so great. Well, I don't think there's anything needed to be added there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I-, I like to give the each each email and call a little bit of love, but that's solid. You and Daniel have similar kind of stories a little bit. Yeah. Well, here's the ID10T thing. Um, oh, yes. When you're, it smells idiot. Okay. ID10T. And in the military and government in general, forms have named, you know, DD214 and mm-hmm. uh, all these different names for documents and shit. Yeah. And, uh, when you first get to your unit or whatever, they, you know, they're a little hazing that goes on. They fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And I got sent around to different, I mean, I played along, but I wasn't, 
I just kind of got the day off because they're fucking with you. Go down to wherever and get the ID10T form. Oh. So you go down and everybody knows because they got fucked with too what the ID10T <laughs> form is. Uh-huh. That you're asking for the idiot form. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I didn't I didn't play along with some of that bullshit. Yeah. I was a little headstrong. Likely story. But anyway. <laughs> That's what you're telling us now. I was brave and strong. In fact, I don't even know if this is a real story. I read a comment on one of your YouTube videos and it said, anyway, that was supposed to be a joke. Wow. I was waiting for the comment. <laughs> I was waiting for the comment. Yeah. Well. So anyway, Daniel, thank you very much for the email. We appreciate it. We appreciate everybody's listener communication to help us move the conversation forward mm-hmm. on an episode-by-episode basis. You, too, can sound off and get your voice on the record. Get your opinion on the record. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We want to give a bit of a shout-out to Robin in Kentucky because we received our address labels (laughs) to make my life easier. Thank you very much for those. I, I, we got to talk about the problem with them, though. Okay. There, Shutterfly. There is a minor problem. I'm not. We're not. Listen. Well, this is not Robin's fault. Yeah, not at all. Because Robin sent us a picture of the address labels in the email, letting us know that she had ordered them. Yeah, and they were legit. And they do not look like this at all. They are. Well, they would be. They look kind of like it, except you can't read the return address on them. Yes. The full purpose of them. Yes. Because it's black text on a black background. <laughs> yes. But but on the image that Robin sent, it was a white background. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what Shutterfly did, but they did something wrong. I, I bet you it's like, a, maybe it's a, it, they put it on the same press as their MAGA hats or something. <laughs> and it, they just, it went fucking haywire. Yeah. <laughs> but the, it'll be fine. You can, yeah. maybe you can read them in a certain light. Our logo's on there. Maybe they'll, Take the time to Google and see where it actually goes back to. (laughs) Yeah. Or hopefully they just actually get to their destination in the first place. That would be ideal. Yeah. Ideal. That would be be ideal. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. There are other ways to support the show other than listening, other than um, Patreon. You can buy merch. There's all kinds of merch at dollamore.info. And you can shop on Amazon. Dollamore.com slash Amazon. Uh, We get a little bit of a commission from every sale. Every little bit goes a long way. You guys help keep the lights on. Actually, yesterday, literally, (laughs) keeping the lights on on episode 484, when in the middle of the show, they went out. Apparently, they didn't get the memo that we were recording, and rain freaks them out. All right, moving on. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So I don't know if everybody knows this, but Donald Trump is a liar. What? Is this, I think this is news. I'm breaking news right now. Wow. Donald John Trump 
president of these United States of America often tells tall tales. Who would have thought, you know? <laughs> who who would have thought that he Trump looks ta- like an tells honest tall guy. tales? He looks like an honest guy. He really man. does. I mean, yeah. his skin color is even honest. Well, they said that the reason that he has a tan during the wintertime is because of his good genes. Good. Who in the, I mean, seriously, in the communication <laughs> shop over there is saying shit like that? Oh, yeah. it's just his... His solid gene. We've seen him with different tones. Yeah. From one day to the next. Well, what are they going to try to say next? What he eats a lot of carrots, and that we we know he doesn't eat well. Please. You know when you when you when you peel a lot of carrots, or you're, there is an orange kind of a rub off. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a lot of carrots. Yeah, no one naturally is that orange. That's not no. I mean there. It's not too much of a stretch when people make the joke about the Oompa Loompa thing. Mm-hmm. He's really, sometimes he is fucking orange, man. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like they're talking about good genes, but he doesn't have like gorgeous olive, you know, like brown skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has orange abnormally orange tan self tanner (laughs) that went wrong skin i think omarosa said so take it with a grain of salt but omarosa said that somebody got fired who was involved with the shipment of his tanning bed because they broke it or mishandled it or something in, Hmm. in 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 the process of shipping like i said that's not a source but um anyway i don't know how the fuck we got here but donald trump was a liar and I'm going to play a clip, about a minute and 29 seconds of Donald Trump talking about how huh, we've already started building the wall and it's going to be a lot better looking too. And he thinks that's helpful. And I want to play the entire clip in its entirety because of the fact that we're going to play Anderson Cooper fucking dismantling Donald Trump relative to him playing make-believe about the wall. Well, we're building the wall now. Yeah, we're building the wall. People don't understand that. They're starting to learn. We're spending uh, a lot of money that we have on hand. It's like in a business, but we have money on hand and we're building, I would say we will have 115 miles of wall, maybe a little bit more than that very shortly. Uh, It's being built. Some of it's already been completed. And in San Diego, if you look, it's been completed. It's really beautiful, brand new. Uh, we have other wall that's under construction, and we're giving out a lot of contracts. So we're building the wall. It's getting built one way or the other. Is, it, is there another option besides that? We are doing things right now. I mean, we're building it with funds that are on hand. Uh, we're negotiating very tough prices. We've designed a much better-looking wall that is also actually a better wall, which is an interesting combination. It's far more beautiful. and. It's better. It's much more protective. Uh, but it looks better because the walls that they used to build were not very attractive. I actually think that's possibly part of the problem. But the real problem is we need something. We have to have a very strong barrier. But we're building a lot of wall right now as we speak. And we're renovating a lot of wall. And uh, we're getting ready to give out some very big contracts with money that we have on hand and money that comes in. But we will be looking at a national emergency because I don't think anything's going to happen. I think the Democrats don't want border security. So where in this do you do you do you pick what's truth and what's lies? Mm -hmm. Like, do you believe that he's going to do the national emergency? Because everything else he said 
is a complete fucking fabrication. Yeah, well, it's just how long have we been talking about the national emergency? Yeah. Typically, right. I think of an emergency that has happened in your life and how long you've waited to act on that emergency. Like, did you mull it over for a month? The emergency right. in your life. Yeah, yeah. If it's really an emergency, then why are we still talking about the emergency? It seems like it's only been an emergency for, well, about a month. Yeah. January 3rd. Uh-huh. Today's February 3rd. Yeah. January 3rd is when the new Congress came into effect, when mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, holy shit, it's an emergency that we need this done now. I know I've had a Republican Congress that is doing my fucking bidding, that has uh, abdicated their duty yeah. as a co-equal branch of government. But right now, oh my God, we got to get this done. It is an emergency. Yeah. So a lot of things. I'm going to let Anderson take care of most of it, but- Money on hand, that's not how it works. The Congress appropriates money. And they don't appropriate money like, well, here, I tell you what. Here's $7 billion. Yeah, just do with it what you want. (laughs) You want to buy like $7 million worth of cheeseburgers? Yeah, have at it. Mm. You got the money, you can do with it as you please. That's not how it works. It's specifically appropriated. Mm -hmm. There are restrictions on its use. There are mandatory uses for it. It's not whatever you want to do because you have the money and if you don't spend the money that was allocated for something specific that doesn't mean that that money can now go to whatever you want that is a lie the other aspect of this is and i know this has been a criticism of yours as well Brittany. it it bothers me a lot that when he's saying oh yeah 115 miles of wall is either done or getting ready to be done if you go down and look at san diego blah 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 why don't why I know they want to give him runway and let him just talk because it d- digs a hole for him and it makes headlines. But why do they not ask where specifically are these portions of wall that are being built with this beautiful wall that's better than the old design? Where is this? We want to go take pictures of it. Yeah, we want to report on it. Yeah, for sure. They don't ask that. Yeah, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, here's Anderson Cooper. And I kind of like, I mean, there's a part of me that doesn't like how much opinion there is with his thing, but it is the segment keeping him honest. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of snark, I think, is is warranted. You but, have to do that to keep people honest. Yeah, I think so. You and have to also be a little snarky. keep people interested. <laughs> well, President Trump uh, today hinted he'll declare a national emergency at Tuesday's State of the Union address, which wouldn't really be an emergency to build a wall, which might not really be a wall, which he now says is already being built. Does that make sense? That's right. You heard right. After two years in office and a 35-day government shutdown, the president says he might declare an emergency to make something happen that he says is already happening. The president today said that construction on the wall or the barrier fence, whatever you want to call it, but he's now back to calling it a wall. He says it's already underway, that it's already going up. Building a wall now. Now, as you might imagine, his claim took people in the room by surprise, so he elaborated. Yeah, we're building the wall. People don't understand that. They're starting to learn. We're spending uh, a lot of money that we have on hand. It's like in a business, but we have money on hand and we're building. I would say we will have 115 miles of wall, maybe a little bit more than that very shortly. Uh, It's being built. Some of it's already been completed. Not only completed, he says, but prettier, too. We've designed a much better looking wall that is also actually a better wall, which is an interesting combination. It's far more beautiful and it's better. It's much more protective. 
but it looks better because the walls that they used to build were not very attractive. I actually think that's possibly part of the problem. So, I mean, just keeping them honest, <laughs> none of that is true. That whole thing he just said. Last year in March, Congress appropriated $1.6 billion for border security, which has been used so far to rebuild existing barrier fencing, which, as you know, the president once had nothing but scorn for. And I'm quoting now from a campaign tweet. Jeb Bush just talked about my border proposal to build a fence. It's not a fence, Jeb. It's a wall. And there's a big difference. More recently, though, he changed his mind, saying you can call the wall anything you want, even peaches, he said. But then more recently still, just yesterday, he changed his mind yet again, tweeting, let's just call them walls from now on and stop playing political games. A wall is a wall. Okay, walls. Last year in San Diego, the president did look at these prototypes for different kinds of walls. But keep in mind, nothing that looks anything like this is under construction, let alone finished. No new miles of walls, period. Only bollard fencing. And none is better or prettier in any way or different, as the president suggests, from what came before. Because the bill that he signed last year specifically says it can't be. And I'm quoting now. There's the legislation. Quote, the amounts designated in subsection A2 through A4 shall only be available for operationally effective designs deployed as of the date of the Consolidated Appropriations Act to Uh, 2017 Public Law 115-31, such as currently deployed steel bollard designs. In other words, not new and not better looking, whatever that means. What's what's more, the, the false claims he made today, they aren't even new. He's been making them at rallies as well as official appearances now for nearly a year. Two months ago, he said he'd just awarded a contract for 115 miles of wall. He hadn't. Today, he said he was using cash on hand to fund the wall. Broadly speaking, only Congress can appropriate money and authorize spending. What the president seems to be doing now is reimagining stuff that isn't really what he wanted as something that he's actually wanted all along, which is fine if you, say, wanted a pony for Christmas, you got a hobby horse instead. Make-believe is fine when you're a kid or a real estate developer in New York with no shame But it's different, or at least it should be, when you are president, when you are threatening to take emergency measures to get what you want, and when you're twisting the facts to make that case. How much more evidence do we need that Donald Trump doesn't know what he's doing or what he's talking about when he spends so much time talking about the way that the wall looks? Yeah, yeah. How it's going to be more beautiful. Listen, I don't know how you can say that. We, we know he has a very, very smart advisor. I'm speaking with myself, number one, <laughs> because I have a very good brain and I've said a lot of things. How can you argue with that, Brittany Page? He, he's relying on his self because he said a lot of things. He's his own source. Speaking of citing your sources. Yeah, we... <laughs> We were watching CNN today, and Howard Dean was one of the political oh, commentators. Yeah. And Howard Dean obviously ran for president in 2004, and his campaign was derailed after he got a little excited at a campaign rally. Yeah. And started naming a lot of different states. All the primary states he was going to. We're going to Washington, then we're going to go to, uh, then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! And then he, <laughs> he did a very excited yell. 
And everyone thought he was unhinged after that. Yeah, that derail, it was over for him. That was over. Like, they thought he was an unstable person A after that A smart, happened. capable, talented doctor. I, I, medical doctor who, who is a good man. Yeah, and Donald Trump, during an interview, says... I'm speaking with myself because I have a very good brain and I've said a lot of things and no one's like, wait a minute. Well, you expect this guy to say, wait a minute? Donald Trump, baby! That guy's impressed. Well, he has said a lot of things. Yeah, he sure has. <laughs> About pussies. <laughs> and grabbing them. And grabbing them. Yes. Well, the other part of this is the... the it's been a, tr I mean, it's obviously it's been a train of lies as documented and chronicled by the Washington Post, like 8,000 lies in his first, up to this point. Mm -hmm. But he's even splitting with his intelligence community, which isn't just about the wall and like, uh, what a joker, what an idiot. This is dangerous when we're talking about national security and he is boldly going against the recommendations of intelligence professionals, mm -hmm. scores of intelligence professionals. He's not just like discounting one guy, like Gary, who's an analyst over at the CIA. We're talking about dozens and dozens of high-level people. And not only is he disagreeing with them, when they go on the record to disagree, he says, oh, they were misquoted. They're really angry about that. Here again is Anderson Cooper just decimating Donald Trump. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. We begin tonight keeping them honest with the President of the United States once again telling you not to trust your own eyes and ears, not to believe what you see and hear, but to believe only him. Two days ago, the president was contradicted by his own intelligence officials about the most urgent threats facing the United States. At a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing Tuesday, Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats and CIA Director Gina Haspel contradicted multiple claims by the president about everything from ISIS to Iran to North Korea. Now, this happened, obviously, with cameras in the room. Not much left to interpretation. But tonight, the president says his own intelligence officials did not say what we clearly heard them say. Mr. President, did you talk to your intelligence chiefs today about the displeasure you had with their testimony? I did, and they uh, said that they were totally misquoted and they were totally, uh, it was taken out of context. So what I do is I'd suggest that you call them. Mm. And they said it was fake news. Okay, <laughs> set aside for a moment the likelihood of the intelligence chiefs calling anything fake news, which we know is the president's pet name for honest coverage of anything he deems to be negative about himself. This was not some secondhand reporting of whispers behind closed doors with anonymous sources. This was a Senate hearing. There was no misquoting. There was quoting. There was no taking things out of context. There was only what the intelligence chiefs said publicly. Their lips actually moved and words and, and sounds came out of their mouths and it was recorded by cameras. And those cameras showed the pictures on television and we saw them. The myriad ways that, uh, that they contradicted what the president says he believes. In fact, the president himself lashed out only yesterday at his own intelligence chiefs because of that testimony that he himself saw, tweeting, quote, yesterday from the president, the intelligence people seem to be extremely passive and naive when it comes to the dangers of Iran. They're wrong. When I became president, Iran was making trouble all over the Middle East and beyond. Since ending the terrible Iran nuclear deal, they are much different, but a source of potential danger and conflict. They're testing rockets last week and more and are coming very close to the edge. Their economy is now crashing, which is the only thing holding them back. 
Be careful of Iran. Perhaps intelligence should go back to school. So this is some next level gaslighting because the president is not only instructing you not to believe what the intelligence chief said just two days ago. He's basically saying don't believe what he himself said just yesterday. Are you following? So in step with the theme that we started with in this episode, luckily enough, this is the theme, is you don't have to just believe Anderson Cooper here. He actually provides sources mm-hmm. and examples of these contradictions, a.k.a. lies from the mouth of the president of the United States about as th- things as sobering and important as national security. So, so let's take it step by step. President said just yesterday that Iran is a source of danger coming very close to the edge. Here's what the intelligence chief said on Tuesday with cameras rolling. We do not believe Iran is currently undertaking activities we judge necessary to produce a nuclear device. Senator King, I think the most recent information is um, the Iranians uh, are considering taking steps um, that would lessen their adherence to JICPOA as they seek to pressure the Europeans to come through with the, the investment and trade benefits that Iran hoped to gain from the deal. So that's a contradiction from the president's position and one he himself attacked the intelligence chiefs on only yesterday. Today, he's telling a different story. Quote, just concluded a great, uh, great meeting with my intel team in the Oval Office who told me that what they said on Tuesday at the Senate hearing was mischaracterized by the media. And we are very much in agreement on Iran, ISIS, North Korea, etc. Their testimony was distorted press. I would suggest you read the complete testimony from Tuesday. A false narrative is so bad for our country. I value our intelligence community. Happily, we had a very good meeting, and we are all on the same page. The same page. Let's hear what Director Coates said about North Korea on Tuesday. We currently assess that North Korea will seek to retain its WMD capabilities and is unlikely to completely give up its nuclear weapons and production capabilities because its leaders ultimately view nuclear weapons as critical to regime survival. Okay, that's pretty clear. Here's what the president tweeted after his summit in June with Kim Jong-un. Before taking office, people were assuming that we were going to war with North Korea. President Obama said that North Korea was our biggest and most dangerous problem. No longer sleep well tonight. Again, that's a contradiction. Here's what Director Coates had to say about ISIS in Syria. ISIS is intent on resurging and still commands thousands of fighters in Iraq and Syria. Here's what the president said last month on ISIS in Syria. We have won against ISIS. We've beaten them and we've beaten them badly. So our boys, our young women, our men, they're all coming back and they're coming back now. We won. Another contradiction. Now, the president said his intel chief's testimony was, quote, distorted press and that you should read the complete testimony from Tuesday, which you are welcome to do. Or you can watch the complete testimony because it was all recorded. And if that isn't enough of a presidential homework assignment for you, there's also the 42 page report worldwide threat assessment of the U.S. intelligence community, which mirrors the testimony we just played for you contradicting the president's positions. The president, we should point out, is also free to read that 42-page report, but I wouldn't bet on that happening anytime soon. So 
all of that is extremely disturbing. Yeah. But it doesn't stop there because Time recently came out with uh, an article and they have multiple intelligence officials, anonymous, that are either people who write the intelligence briefings or who are actually the briefers themselves. And they are describing Trump as displaying, quote, willful ignorance when they give him analyses from the intelligence services. And in one of their remarks, they talk about, quote, futile attempts to keep his attention, his being Donald Trump. Yeah, of course. President of the United States, Donald Trump, his attention by using visual aids, confining some briefing points to two or three sentences and repeating his name and title as frequently as possible. That is a scary, scary thing. So imagine you're dealing with the president of the United States. You're delivering the intelligence briefing, very critical information that he needs to know and understand, and he can't focus. And so you're like, President Trump, please, I'm reminding you of your power. Please recognize that I'm doing that and listen to what I'm saying. (laughs) Look, I I don't want to be a doomsday kind of a, you know, just talking about the harbingers of shitty things to come, but... uh, uh, we're in worse shape now, and I've not been a fan of uh, John Kelly, but now that in general Kelly is gone, someone who has experience relative to these types of, of threats, relative to understanding uh, high-level intelligence briefings, mm-hmm. we have Mick Mulvaney in there now. <laughs> a fucking dipshit former congressman and former budget chief for mm-hmm. the White House mm-hmm. as the acting the interim chief of staff, someone who doesn't have experience in these areas. So who who's running who's running point now? Because Donald Trump, you were just telling me before the mics went hot, spends up to sixty percent of his fucking day in quote unquote executive time. Yes, that was a tweet that I saw. Um, someone, I believe, yeah, from Axios. Um, she tweeted Alexi McCammond. A White House source has leaked Trump's private schedules to me for nearly every day for the last few months. POTUS has spent 60% of his working days in executive time. That means watching Fox News. That's what that means. Or TV in general. Mm-hmm. Did you did you hear this also? And then we'll get back to what we were talking about. That he recently said he prefers the acting roles. Yeah, that's Because right. there's more flexibility associated with it rather than getting the Senate confirmation. Yeah, he's subverting the Constitution. And the, the, the Senate, Mitch McConnell, fucking idiot, is allowing that. Again, they're abdicating their duties as a co-equal branch of government. Yeah, I'm sure Mitch McConnell would just be totally fine. With Obama doing that. Yes, yeah. please. Get the fuck out of here. But something else that was very concerning about this Time article that came out was that apparently Trump gets angry. He reacts in anger when he's given information that contradicts positions that he's taken in the past or beliefs that he has. Yeah. Uh, two intelligence officers, quote, even reported that they have been warned to avoid giving the president intelligence assessments that contradict stances he has taken in public. <laughs> Because he'll get angry. Yeah. Because he only wants confirmation of his worldview. He doesn't want to learn new information. It's not as though this is surprising, right? This is someone who doesn't read, who thinks he already knows everything, that he doesn't need to learn and grow and evolve. And can we all take a lesson here? Yeah, it's like a dumb guy. It's like fucking Hulk smash. Oh, frustrated. I'm mad. (laughs) That's 
that's not what you want in president of the United. You want someone who's thoughtful and deliberative, mm-hmm. like an Obama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really terrifying imagining that we have this 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 child. Um, he also doesn't understand geography, and this this was a part of it too. So <laughs> we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Um. So quote in another briefing on. I laugh, but this is actually fucking tragic and, um, scary. Again, scary. I keep using the fucking word, but there's no other word. In another briefing on South Asia, Trump's advisors brought a map of the region from Afghanistan to Bangladesh, according to intelligence officers with knowledge of the meeting and congressional officials who were briefed on it. Trump, they said, pointed at the map and said he knew Nepal was part of India, only to be told that it is an independent nation. When said he was familiar with Bhutan and knew it, too, was part of India, his briefers told him that Bhutan was an independent kingdom. So he's running off like an elementary elementary school understanding of geography and how the world was set up then. Really? He hasn't taken in new information because he doesn't read. He is that dipshit you went to high school with who hasn't read a book since high school mm-hmm. and spouts off on Facebook like he understands the nuance of geopolitical uh, gamesmanship. Mm-hmm who understands how money is appropriated and budgeted relative to the federal government. Donald Trump is that guy. He just happens to have been born with a bunch of money and became president of the United States. Mm -hmm. That is scary. Well, it gets worse. So let me just read the last part of this article. Um, Quote, the danger, one former intelligence official said, is that those leaders and other intelligence briefers may eventually stop taking risks in laying out the facts for the president. Yeah. That is <laughs> terrifying. This is why. And we're going to we're going to wrap with the I mean we we've got a, an asshole of today and a taking care of biz for you. But we're going to wrap with this. This is why the 2020 election and when they say this is the most important election of our lifetimes, this is the most important election that has ever come down the pike for the United States of America. but Because we have a danger to the republic in this office. We have someone I believe to be a traitor to this country who effectively, I believe, committed treason in Helsinki shoulder to shoulder with Vladimir Putin. This is an important election and none of you can sit on the fucking sidelines. If you do, you are letting down your children, your family, their children, and their children. We need someone in there who is deliberative, who does respect facts, who does respect the rule of law, the co-equal system of government that we have in the three branches, who doesn't feel their word goes who doesn't rely on themselves because I've said good things. I'm speaking with myself, number one, <laughs> because I have a very good brain and I've said a lot of things. That is the are the words of a fucking dipshit. I'm speaking with myself. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's uh let's wrap this up. Of today. A cop who 
Something Steele. Doesn't he have like a like a like a movie Ooh, detective Gary. name? Gary Steele. Gary Steele, that's right. I'm Officer Steele, lady. Wow, I really screwed that one up, but we got there eventually. So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a Detroit cop. Yes. Gary Steele. He is a veteran Detroit police officer who has been demoted and reassigned because he posted a Snapchat video mocking a black woman whose car was impounded. That he had just impounded. And he was watching her walk home and making derogatory comments as, as he was filming her and watching her walk away. The police officer under fire in Detroit. That officer accused of posting a racist video of himself mocking a young black woman after impounding her car as she walked home in the sub-zero cold. Here's ABC's Adrian Banker. Priceless. Tonight, a Detroit officer is under fire for posting this on Snapchat. He and his partner appear to mock a woman they've stopped for driving with expired registration. Walk in the cold. Officers ordered Ariel Moore's car towed. Despite sub-zero temperatures, the police chief says she declined a ride home and began walking when Officer Gary Steele posted to Snapchat. I'm angry because this was a racially insensitive post. The filter on that post reads, celebrating Black History Month and what black girl magic looks like. Then one officer says this dismissive phrase. Bye, Felicia. When Moore saw the video, she was at a loss. I'm, I'm kind of shocked. don't really know how to feel right now. What they put on there, that's, that's racist. And that officer has been demoted and is now on administrative leave and could not be reached for comment. The second officer, Tom, is also under investigation. All right, Adrian, thank you. So, so I, I, I've read in, in other accounts that the, the, the temperature was two degrees, 30 degrees below freezing. And with the wind chill, negative 18 degrees below Zero. Mm-hmm. 48 degrees below freezing. Mm-hmm. This this is uh he got demo- he gets to keep his job. He gets to have authority over citizens. He gets to carry a gun. So it gets worse because Of course it does. He actually has some issues himself. In 2008, he was charged with attacking his ex-girlfriend and firing a gun near her head. He entered a guilty plea to a wow. misdemeanor and then he was able to keep his job at the police department. He fired a gun in an altercation with his domestic partner. Mhm. And they let him keep his job to continue on to do this. Yeah, he's been he's been um, with the police department for 18 years and he actually trains new officers. Oh, my God. Yes. This person is training new officers on how to behave in their role. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where's the accountability? And listen, this Detroit police chief who happens to be African-American himself. He says, well, I'm just very disappointed. Oh, you're disappointed, are you? You know who's disappointed? The people of Detroit that you're letting this fucking animal continue on in his job to abuse the citizens over whom he has authority. Mm -hmm. Again, abdicating his duty to protect and to serve. I think that it's this situation is similar to other situations where police behave badly when once the public pressure becomes enough... They will do more. And yeah. so he is saying, um, the chief of police is saying that he could still be suspended or fired. 
um, because they're saying right. the investigation is continuing. And I don't know what that means. It sounds like to me, it probably means, oh, we're waiting to see how bad the public yeah, outrage gets exactly here. Right. Oh, and we're gonna then take we'll the, see. We're going to take the Ralph Northam approach where we just hold on tight until we can't hold on anymore. And then we'll get rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. But we we like to, to end things on a uh, on a positive note, oftentimes when we can. And this is uh, no exception. Taking care of biz. Ellen Page. Ellen, the actress. Ellen Page. She is an actress and she was on with Stephen Colbert. And during the interview, they talked a little bit about politics. And she gave a really moving speech that I think everyone needs to hear. I'm like really fired up tonight. This, but is how, this is how you have to be fired up. It feels up. impossible to you not feel to fi- this way right now with up, yeah. the president and the vice president, Mike Pence, who like wishes I couldn't be married. Let's just be clear. <laughs> The Vice President of America wishes I didn't have the love with my wife. He wanted to ban that in Indiana. He believes in conversion therapy. He has hurt LGBTQ people so badly as the government of Indiana, and I think the thing we need to know, and I hope my show Gaycation did this, in terms of connecting the dots, in terms of what happened the other day to Jesse, I don't know him personally, I I sent all of my love. Connect the dots. This is what happens. If you are in a position of power and you hate people and you want to cause suffering to them, you go through the trouble. You spend your career trying to cause suffering. What do you think is going to happen? Kids are going to be abused and they're going to kill themselves and people are going to be beaten on the street. I have traveled the world and I have met the most marginalized people you could meet. I am lucky to have this time and the privilege to say this. This needs to stop. So if that doesn't move you, I don't, uh, I don't know what will. Well, and Stephen Colbert kind of sat there speechless. Yeah. Uh, because what do you say? It's also good that he gave her the space, the time. Yeah. And I, what I like about this is, you know, these right wing religious zealots always try to make it about the sex, right? They try to make it like this very salacious discussion about this bad behavior and this, this sex. And Ellen Page is talking about her wife and the love that they have. Yeah. And that they want to take away the love in her life. And I think framing the discussion like that may get to some people mm-hmm. that are not thinking about it in those terms. In the video clip, they, they put up a photo, too. Yeah. To, to really make it real. Yeah. And I don't know. But that's just my feeling that maybe there's something there that could get to people. I've seen some conservatives push back and say, oh, well, Mike Pence doesn't hate anybody. He's a loving, wonderful man. No, he's not. You don't advocate for conversion therapy, which is illegal in many states across the country. You don't advocate for that kind of harmful abuse, abusive treatment. Mm-hmm. 
and then act like you love people. I'm doing this out of love. Yeah, but it's also that BS about um, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah, nonsense. No, when it's like an inherent quality, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you don't love the sinner, hate the sin. You hate who they inherently are and who they love. Yeah, listen, if you arbitrarily, and it is arbitrary, if you arbitrarily decide that uh, redheaded people, that is a sin. Mm-hmm. And look, I love you, Jesse. I just, I, I can't abide mm-hmm. your red hair. Well, look, fuck, I have no control over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what this is. It's an arbitrary metric that they're disagreeing with. Mm-hmm. I don't like that you were born gay. I don't like that you were born trans. That's... That's hate. That is fucking bigotry and hate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good for Ellen Page. Yeah, for sure. Powerful. And it is important that she also recognizes her privilege relative to the megaphone that she has. And she's using it correctly. Mm -hmm. She's not just not on the sidelines hoping things get better. She's she's doing good work. Yeah, for sure. Because that's a risk, too. Right. She's taking a risk in doing that. Yeah. And I think that that's really powerful. So do I. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to end it there. We appreciate you guys. We love you. We would love to hear from you on these or any other topics that you would like to talk about. 657-464-7609. You can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. The other thing is if you love the show, we would love to have you in the Patreon family. Go to teamdollamore.com. And you can pick a tier. It's like an ongoing Kickstarter campaign, five bucks a month, you know, whatever. If, you, if you're in a position to afford that and you love the show, we would love to have you. Anyway, we will see you next time. We love you guys. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. So I was kind of being like a naysayer, pessimist dick 